How y'all doing? How y'all doing? This is Alvin from Trying Success on the Old Fashioned Health Network. Good health inside and out. And I have an amazing guest with me today. I'm really happy to have Mr. Kevin here with me today. Kevin, tell the people a little bit about yourself, man, who you are, and uh, and I'm explaining them why I had you on my podcast. Tell them who you are. Definitely. Definitely. Well, Chef, I appreciate you having me on the on the podcast. Um, as you mentioned, my name is Kevin. Uh, full name, Kevin Randall, uh, just in case anybody's checking for me. But um, I, um, I am in nonprofit um, as well as film and... Um, and creating content. So uh, I'm from Atlanta, the metro Atlanta area, uh, the uh, Gwinnett County area to be specific. No, um, but um, but yeah, so, you know, I, you have me on the call. Um, obviously, we work together in, in some capacity in the past, but um, but obviously from a work standpoint, I have a background going in nonprofit work, um, even, you know, working with families in the communities, um, even had a chance to be a um, instructor for um, this uh, organization by the name of Steam Sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so with there, I was uh, basically, you know, coaching and counseling the kids in regards to uh, post-production, pre-production. Um, fortunately, I had a team with me. But um, but yeah, I got my hat in, in quite a few things here in Atlanta, um, trying to uh, get global um, and, and expand, definitely so. <laughs> So I came to work with the uh, Old Fashioned Health Network, for sure. Man, so I appreciate ha- happy, it. Happy, happy to have you on the show. Really, really happy to have you on the show. I know you've worked a lot with nonprofits, and I know so you have uh, on some other dreams and aspirations that you've always mm-hmm. wanted to achieve. So we're right. going to talk a little bit about both, a little bit about the whole uh, nonprofit piece of it, because I want to yeah. ask questions like, what does it feel like to work for a nonprofit? What's the benefit for you in working for a nonprofit? Right. So for me, um, one of the real immediate benefits was learning how to go about accommodating um, because my family, they hail from Baltimore specifically, um, but I also have family in Oxford, North Carolina. Um, So in a sense, I was born here, but my family, they are from other cities, you know. So for me, um, just understanding, you know, in a sense, my purpose, that's what I feel. So um, when I come to work each day, it's a matter of, you know, being able to tackle solutions um, and, um, you know, be be very um, uh, pragmatic with, with how I move, um, because I want those things to be able to translate directly to my family. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So um, for me, going to work and working in a nonprofit, um, it's, it's done a lot for me mentally mm-hmm. um, and, and monetary wise, you know, it, uh, nonprofit, obviously the, the word is nonprofit, <laughs> but there are definitely plenty of areas that you can um, you know, make profit in. Um, but obviously that's where you have to make sure you expand. But, but, but going back to your original question, um, working in nonprofit definitely has done a lot to educate me. Um, it's opened a lot of doors for me. Um, and, um, you know, it's done a lot for me as a, as a man too. So, um, you know, just turned 30 this, this, uh, this past year. So, um, I wouldn't be here, uh, <laughs> at this age with this mindset if it wasn't for, um, working in the nonprofit industry for sure. So do you think it's because of, uh, some of the families you've had a chance to deal with to put you in a, in a different, more, um, uh, level mind frame? Is it, is it what you've seen? Uh, uh, working in different communities? 
Yeah, no, no, it's a mixture of both. Um, I've worked with countless families, um, you know, and many of them are underserved. Mm -hmm. So, you know, some can't get out their way. Some just need a little bit of uh, reassurance in some regards. Um, But as I mentioned, you know, working with the families, um, those are things in which you want to set templates so it can translate to the next. So um, I'm not trying to reinvent the wheel with how I, you know, serve and assist uh, people in the community, but... um, but, you know, again, you don't, you, you know, you want to work uh, smarter, not harder. Right. right, right. Um, so if I learn something today, then I'm hoping that I can bestow that upon somebody else, too. Um, you know, but again, that that's that's what we do. We throw darts at the board, see how many sticks um, and we adjust as necessary. So why do why do so when I look at when I until I start working with the same nonprofit organization, you uh, when we've come over there and assist them during holiday season and things like that. Mm-hmm. Why or uh, what is the difference in uh, that people see uh, a regular and it, it may not necessarily be associated with the housing complex because different nonprofits do different things. Right. Right. And so in your capacity, you are in, in experience you've had with nonprofit. Has it always been in the family environment setting for home residential home type living or has it been for some other capacity of a nonprofit? Yeah. So, so fortunately I've been able to, um, to balance both. So, um, I've worked directly with, uh, families and that's with the resident services side. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm formerly a community engagement coordinator. We call it a CEC. Okay. Um, so I still talk with my fellow CECs cause as you mentioned with my role, I am a program marketing and a partnership specialist, um, at the ascent project. So, um, for me is definitely making sure that, you know, I don't lose sight of the things that I learned from the CEC standpoint. Um, but again, making sure that I have that conversation and staying connected with them. Um, but definitely from the position, um, the difference wise, I mean, yes. So you, you do work, um, you know, in different capacities. So for instance, you have your, your nonprofits that focus primarily on families. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, then you have your nonprofits that might focus directly on, um, I don't know, um, education. You see what I'm saying? So it just depends on which niche market. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the purpose of nonprofits obviously are to, you know, assist um, those in need and they have specific causes. So um, for me, I've had the balance of, of working obviously for um, family oriented um, communities where it's, you know, apartment complexes. Um, and then I also, uh, as I mentioned earlier, had the pleasure of, um, working with education based, uh, steam sport. Um, and again, that was basically me being a, um, um, instructor for uh, middle school as well as high school students. So, um, I mean, and with that, too, you, you still work with the family. You know what I mean? A mom bringing them up there for a tutorial at 8 a.m. Right. You teach them at 9 right. to, to 11. You might go on a field trip, whatever the case may be. You have to make sure that you get that, that waiver. So, so you still touch the whole household. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we found working with the child, um, that stems up. So in a sense, if you work with the root, then you can possibly get to, you know, others in the household, whether that be, right. you know, siblings, older parents, you know, people that might be stuck in their ways. Uh, many times when you touch, when you, when you work with the child, um, it could go directly up, um, to, to, to the household too. Yeah. In most cases it does. And, you know, I like to use the example of McDonald's. McDonald's drives the household is for some reason when little <laughs> kids, they, they just, they force the parents to just get into this whole thing about McDonald's. McDonald's has been right. so smart with their marketing. They start out with with the the, the burgers, and they start with the cartoon characters to go, right. with, and then they start with the gifts, and then they name the meals. It's all catered mm. to the kids. So you're right. When you can get to the kids, you can get to the parents for sure. 
Oh yeah, the way up. Oh yeah, more marketing, more marketing, mm -hmm. so, so you get the parents to spend more money. <laughs> right, right, right. Now, so I know people are looking at this background and say, "Why are these? Why does it look like there, there's a stage back there and everything?" So now this is the other, the other fun side about Kevin. Um, mm -hmm. Kevin, first of all, Kevin always called me chef because he knows me to be cooking. And see, he got my little vegan power shirt on, so I'm this health cooking person. And everybody's like, "Why yeah. you call him chef?" But anyway. Um, there's another part of your life that you uh, has mentioned a couple of times. And mm -hmm. that's, to, that's to be uh, and to actually have been a comedian or be a comedian. What is tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> um, so for me, one of the things that I realized early on is that um, I had a way with words. Mm -hmm. So um, when I was younger, I mean, I grew up with only child. I have a brother, but we didn't grow up together. So. Um, one of the things that I always enjoyed was comedy, you know, so as I got older, I just started to pay attention to the things that were, you know, reoccurring, consistent in my life. Mm -hmm. So I would look at, you know, the amount of um, the amount of uh, DVDs that I had that were based that were comedy based versus drama. Mm -hmm. Or I would, for instance, one of the things I found was an old book I had. It was called Squeaky Clean Jokes for Kids. And I, what I did as a child. I went through and I highlighted what were good jokes or bad jokes, how to adjust them, things like that. Mm. Um, but but yes, to, to answer your question, yes, uh, being a comedian was definitely one of my, um, I mean, I, to be honest with you, I feel like I am a comedian. Really? <laughs> I, I think for me doing stand up, it was it was all purposeful. Right. So um, one of the things which I pride myself off is uh, PPVP. Uh, that's the acronym that I created for myself. Passion, purpose, values and perceptions. OK, so they all correlate with one another. So, you know, you, you start at the beginning. They're going to correlate with, correlate with the next thing, whether it be your passion, your value, purpose, perception, whatever the case may be. Um, so as I got into stand up. I um, and in truth, we taught our backup. I got into doing stand up because I wanted to write for TV shows. Oh, that was my primary focus. Um, and what I did was I just started to research the different people that were doing things that I wanted to do as well in, in, in my life. Um, so I would watch, you know, different um, interviews uh, like, you know, late night interviews. So that could be. Um, you know, uh, uh, David Letterman, uh, Jimmy Fallon, uh, et cetera, different people that you would see them interview. So in a sense, I would watch that and I guess you'd call it studying. Right. But, you know, again, studying is one of those things that, you know, it's to each his own. Um, but um, but yeah, so uh, with that, I was able to just kind of see how they got their feet wet, what they did, different steps. So, you know, that's why I jumped at it. I was uh, I was a younger man with 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 uh, with lesser bills um, and more time. And uh, <laughs> uh, but I had found my passion at 20 years old. So that's what that's what spurred me, you know. So I was in college at the time. Um and um, I was kind of going through the motion, so I had to drop out for a year just to figure things out. Mm -hmm. um, and in that time, I, I built up enough courage to go about doing stand up. Because uh, in my mind, I told myself, oh, I'm going to drop out. I'll be famous in six months. <laughs> and and um, I didn't do anything except uh, I went to my first, I, I actually, in the six months, I went to my first, um, my, my first set. Mm -hmm. It was at, in Atlanta at this place called uh, Hole in the Wall in Buckhead, if you ever heard of it. Um, and the host that night, his name was Ben Palmer. I remember it exactly. <laughs> um, but um, but yeah, I was uh, nervous, nervous. I got on stage at like one in the morning. So, How did you do? Um, yeah. So, so that's the thing. I, I, uh, <laughs> I, I got one joke correct out, but you never really realize what it's like uh, 
you know, one public speaking mm-hmm. and then also um, public speaking when you can say whatever you want. That's right. a whole other ball game. Um, but you know, you have your audience, you, you're trying to talk to them, but it's at that time, it's mainly comedians. <laughs> so they're not really listening to you. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's just, I'm talking to, to, to them, you know, but, but again, it's the game of, of practicing it, you know, going through those experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, and as, as I've heard, uh, many people say in the past, it takes eight years truthfully to be a successful comedian. And I was like, really? all right, well, I, you know, I got eight years cause I'm gonna still be alive, but I don't got eight years just to devote primarily to stand up comedy. Right, right, right. Um, but I did, you know, again, get into other areas cause I knew one thing, um, writing in my penship or uh, my penmanship, mm-hmm. um, that was going to carry me as far as, as I wanted it to. Okay. So connecting, using my, 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 uh, my voice, um, you know, networking on these social medias, um, and again, put in the work, you know what I mean? Script writing, um, learning how to do that. Cause I, I taught myself. So I just, you know, would watch different stuff and, um, I would mirror, um, what's on screen with what the script looked like so I can learn better like that. So, um, there's different method to my madness for sure. But, but, um, I know I gave you a long with an answer, no, but no, that's, we want to hear, it. we want to hear, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so, so comedy, that's, um, I, I think that just embodies me in general. Okay. Um, and, and it's crept so much into my personal life that, um, there's, there's, there's ways of thinking that I have mm-hmm. that, um, I've just only been able to get to this point from doing stand up and, um, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without it. So. so so everybody has a go to type of type of platform when it comes to being a comedian. Mm-hmm. Um, um, Bernie Mac used to talk about his sister and his family all the time. Right. Uh, Robin Harris, which, of course, is remember the great Robin Harris. He was mm-hmm. way, way, way funny. He passed away on tour. So do you have a certain platform or uh, lane that you kind of build your comedy around? Uh, well, one thing I will say, shout out those Chicago goats. I, I, you know, I picked up on that, did my research, definitely study. Okay, okay. Um, for me, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of random. I can, and that's what I prided myself on, um, being universal to the point at which I can kind of talk about everything. Okay. Um, and, but it, it had to, it had to, it had to happen in my personal life in order for it to come out on stage. Okay. So the way I talk, the way I carry myself, I go back to PPPP. That's truly who I strive to be you know what i mean so for me my wheelhouse um i'm random i I will say me getting 30 definitely helped uh cleaned up some of my my comedy um you know but um but yeah i um hmm, i would say for me i definitely love discussing race related things okay uh, because i always think that's so funny you know the race related comedy is always funny to me because it's like it's so simple that, you know, something is, as much as color of skin will cause this many reactions, this many things, you know, this, this so much to it is very layered. Um, and it's history behind it too. Um, but, um, but yeah, I would definitely say race, uh, related, uh, comedy, but, uh, but again, I'm, I'm very random. I can, I can definitely have a conversation with somebody and we can, we can talk about it just about anything. Um, and I'm sure there's an element that I can make funny out of it. So. Who is your fa- who, who is, I'm going to give you two of your mm-hmm. favorite comedians, two males and one female. You get three. Um, okay. So Richard Pryor and Dave Chappelle okay. off top. Uh, that that's just, that's easy for me. Okay. Um, and as far as female comedians, I would say, um, hmm, 
I, I definitely, um, I'm definitely, I might be a homer with this and I know she's not, um, I know she's ruffled some feathers recently, but uh, Monique is somebody, she's from she's Baltimore. Uh, my, my, my parents uh, met at Morgan State University, so um, in, in Baltimore, so I definitely got to, you know, go back to that. Um, but, but yeah, so Monique is one that I would definitely say that uh, she, she's one of my favorites as well. Well, you know, uh, so speaking about speaking of Monique, uh, she's one of my favorite as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I really like Monique. Uh, yeah, she was always funny, and I like Robin yeah. Harris, and I like Bernie Mac, and I like oh yeah, uh, uh, f- um, what's the guy from Fred Sanford? Um, uh, oh, uh, uh, Red Fox. Red Fox. Oh yeah, oh yeah! I love I love the OGs now too. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Red, Red Fox, Red Fox, and and uh, her name wasn't Esther, but I forgot her actual comedian name. Mm-hmm. Just really, really, just they were just they were just funny. And of course, Rich, Richard Pryor and then Eddie Murphy and them uh, is just really funny. So, oh yeah, oh yeah. Do you think that in the situation we're in right now, as far as COVID and People not being able to have a, a the what they consider as a normal life, being able to go out, yeah. hang out, have a good time. Do you think uh, being a comedian uh, is 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 one of the things that they, we should do more of to help people to start back to laughing and enjoying each other, as opposed to being more serious and worried? Uh, well, what I will say is it, it's a tough time now, especially for uh, comedians too. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, you know, they, they're experiencing the element of them having to find work. Mm. If all these venues and, you know, if they're live, you know, I don't know about you, but I've never watched stand up um, on Zoom. On Zoom right. um, so <laughs> I, I don't know if that's something I would want to do. You know what I mean? But um, but with that, yes, the, uh, comedy is always going to be something that will, will, you know, be that that horizon in a sense, right. you know, right. um, throughout time. Always, always, always. Um so, you know, especially for um, as I look at, you know, black culture and, and just our history, uh, comedy, you know, that that is that has replaced um, a lot of pain for many. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I, I like black church comedy. Yeah. So oh, well, I, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Because you know why? Because because that's it's, it's, it's very exact. It's straight to the <laughs> point, you know, and if you already have a history and knowledge of what consists and what, what occurs in a black church. Mm-hmm. Oh, and it's funny all day. I remember when I was a child watching them uh, get in the, um, not in the pews, but in the, in the, in the, uh, in the aisles uh, catching the Holy ghost. And I'm over here like, all right, uh, <laughs> as a child, I'm like, what, what is going on? You know what I mean? I'm like, hold on now. Uh, that look, more than, look, that look more than that. That ghost don't look holy to me, but, not but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah. So, you know, you see different things like that. Um, but, but, that, but again, going back to, to, to just how you, that became your, 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 your main, um, form of, um, of, of humor in a sense is because, you know, the, the, the reference points, you know, you have the history with it. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing with comedy, the more, you know, about certain things will help. Um, and I think, like I said, in this time we're living in is it's, um, freedom it's of speech uncertain. is definitely being challenged Yeah, a lot. It is. It is. Um, so it's, 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 yes, it's necessary, but, um, you know, definitely have to talk correctly as we've seen with these recent specials, you know, Dave Chappelle. Um, and when I say you have to, meaning for, for, <laughs> for the majority, I guess nowadays you have to. So, so, um, so <laughs> I'm, I'm not going to put you on the spot, but okay. I'll tell you with, 
David Chappelle when uh, everybody was, uh, some people were against him, some people were like, you know, personally, I was going to record and say this. Uh, I, I didn't understand. First of all, people weren't listening enough to his joke where he was whole, what he was even saying, the purpose of him saying, it, you know, the, the mm-hmm. analogy he was making versus somebody's life being taken versus someone yeah. that says something to you. It's mm-hmm. two different dynamics. It's, it, it's, it's just as bad to have to bring up somebody's death as it right. is to bring up someone's that you feel, you know, you may be sensitive about something. So mm-hmm. I appreciate when David Pell uses his platform yeah. to send out a message. And he was simply talking about us in a sense that, you know, black people, why, why we, why is this happening? You, you, you don't mind jumping to, conc- jumping to, to settle one thing. But if I say right. something about, or have an opinion about about someone, it's a whole big problem. And then you immediately do something about that. So yeah. I don't have a problem with uh, Dave and, and his purpose of what he was saying and how he said it. And, and it's like, to me, being a comedian is the one thing that gives you a license to just to be able to say anything. I mean, it's, right. it's, it's the comedians. I mean, what, I don't understand the problem. You know, it's, right. it's, it's, it's not something you should be taking serious. It's, I'm just joking with you, you know? And, and again, that's but that's the element of it that they're trying to get um, get away uh, get away from is where no one will um, you know have just no one could just say anything you know what I mean you go on Twitter you you look at the history with Kevin Hart um, in the Oscar situation um, you can yeah. even go back in time with Lenny Bruce mm-hmm. who was a comedian um, and 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 he was a white comedian mm-hmm. um, but he was still saying a lot of things that you know didn't register well with you know the government and stuff like that right. so. Um, early on, like I said, you have different people who have done it and broken the mold. But right. um, as with anything, you know, because I, I look at everything being legalized, you know, whether it be from cryptocurrency, marijuana, whatever. Right. Um, as with anything, the government going to get into it if it's too good. If it's so too basically, good. they, they can't benefit Bruce, from it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So Lenny Bruce, Dave Chappelle. Um, oh, I'm not saying the government getting in, involved in Dave Chappelle per se, but I, I basically come back to the point is which. Okay, those words were a little too poignant or too touching, so we might need to put you on hold for a second. Put you you know what I mean? Restriction. Um, but yeah. but you know, it's a cancel culture. This is the age we live in now. Um, so so you know, they might not be uh, cancelable. I guess is, is the word I would use. But right. uh, other comedians might not have the the same leverage to to say those things. Or the um, yeah. But you you know uh, the whole can- cancel culture is so interesting to me because uh, I, I guess I would be worried about it if I have something that you could cancel in mm-hmm. the sense that I mean how do you how do you cancel someone that through social media I guess because I, I guess it's just different it's a different type of boycott now yeah. you just boycott on social media and it affects you on the street Right. Well, well, the thing is, social media now is driving a lot of um, a lot of deals and investments. Yes, it is. So, you know, people are say, for instance, you touch a million on um, on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You, you can, you know, solicit for people to uh, contact you when you post and they, you charge them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, with that being said, it's nowadays where um, your social media uh, or your followers um, can have a direct correlation to your income and your earnings. That's, that's right. So that's with that being said. I, that's where it's getting tricky now because mm-hmm. it's like you want to use this method, but these are the rules with this method. Right. Um, so just make sure you follow them. And if right. you don't follow them, 
We're going to make sure that it's these people, yeah, these people are going to cancel you and these robot, these fake uh, accounts are also going to yeah. cancel you too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, and again, cancel really just means we just don't see your stuff or watch what you put out. So, you know, your numbers don't go there, right. um, you know, they affect your views and that affects your money. So, you know, it's, it's understood, but that's where Dave's at. He's like, I mean, I produce my own stuff. I pay my own stuff. You know, um, he's out there in Ohio doing whatever he's doing. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, 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 I more power to him. Yeah. Um, but that's why he's one of my favorites, you know, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for he's sure. One of my, yeah, he and Kevin Hart. But, yeah. Man, listen, I won't hold you long. I really, really, really appreciate you coming on with me. Uh -huh. I'm going to tell you, you look for this man because he has his own podcast that's coming soon. Speak that thing into existence. Yes, sir. Uh, Kevin has some amazing information, great content, great, just, just good guy all around, man. So I appreciate you coming on the show, man. Definitely, definitely. Look, and as you mentioned earlier, I call you chef, but uh, but Mr. Alvin, I appreciate you. It's okay. Um, yeah, it's you okay. know, and definitely looking forward to the future. Um, and I'm, um, I'm I'm grateful for the current that we also have too. Okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Definitely. Y'all follow me on Instagram, social media at Never Not Chill. I hadn't thought that in there. I'm sorry, Alvin. No, no. You so, so you know the close eyes like. Okay, Kevin, can you tell the people how to reach you, man? Can you give us your social media and everything okay. and your website? That was the comedian in me going too early. My bad. Let me know. Give me the cue, Alvin. Let me know when I'm ready. So, people, <laughs> we've had Kevin on the show. He's been great. Kevin, tell us how we can reach out to you, man. If they want to book definitely. you for a show. I mean, can they book you for a home show or something like that? Uh, well, you know what? You can call me. We can get on Zoom and we can talk. If you need to laugh for a little bit, that's fine. Um, I don't charge, but after, you know, a certain amount of laughs, I do. Okay. Um, but, uh, you know, I charge, uh, what? A dollar laugh, maybe. <laughs> okay. But, um, but no, definitely you can find me on Instagram as well as Twitter at never not chill. It's exactly as it sounds. Never not chill. Uh, you can definitely check out some of the content. I've done some web series um, as well, which I didn't have a chance to really discuss. But, um, but you know, like I said, definitely check those out. Um, you know, help me with my views. Uh, if you heard the money talk that we just had, uh, you know, you can help <laughs> so, me out. So listen, y'all, before I let him go, because he, he just slid there like right under there. What's up with this web series, man? How, how are we supposed to know? I, I, mean, my, my I, I guess, you know, what? I take that back. I, I, I should have done more of my homework. I'm sorry. So, so just a little bit. What's this web series about? Yeah, and that's my bad. I, I you know, I should have discussed that earlier when we went into the comedy conversation. But um, uh, going back to what we said earlier, as I was studying people, I was paying attention to what they were doing. Mm -hmm. So I would see different things they did: stand up, uh, you know, writing. So that mm -hmm. became the web series. Um, I paid attention uh, to, okay. um, you know, a few people: Donald, uh, Donald Glover, Larry David, Seth Rogen, okay. um, Judd Apatow. Um, different people in different industries, um, but they, I mean, excuse me, different people in the industry, okay. uh, but they had different success points, right? Okay. Right. Um, right. So for me, I wrote a web series with a friend of mine. Um, it was called A Few Thirsty Men. Um, that was my first web series. So it was kind of, it's, it's kind of exactly as it sounds. A Few How'd Thirsty Men. How did it do? Uh, so, so we, you know, one of those things, we released, we released it in 2015. Okay. okay, so at the beginning of 2000, I think it was the middle of 2015, we released our first episode and got pretty great reviews. People enjoyed it. Um, and not just our family and friends, but legit people outside of that. So uh, we kept going. Um, we adjusted our formula. Um, so, you know, that turned into four episodes. We had a lost episode with episode five. Um, okay. Yeah, because we were trying to send it, um, put it as an actual show. But, but th again, as you mentioned earlier, learning things, this was definitely a great learning experience, writing with a team, 
um, filming. We did all our own production, you know, so what was I learned uh, uh, a few thirsty men. You can Google it. It's going to come up immediately. Oh, yeah. I'm a gonna look. I'm few gonna look. thirsty men. Yeah. Okay. So uh, I actually had a chance to um, I actually had a chance to uh, put it on a, a streaming platform that I was working with. Um, it was called My Dubo. So okay. we had it streaming, and it had, we were on Apple app, Apple TV, and and Roku, and other things like that. Um, so my mama was able to watch her baby on the big screen, you know. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah. So so yeah. Not just that. I have a few things, but definitely check out um, my my playlist as I mentioned. Because um, look, look, chef. Just to repeat what you said, I don't want to take too much of your no, time. No, no, okay? no. Go. No, no, you all right. You all right. Yeah, I, look, I appreciate you sharing that. I did not know about your web series. I know that you have quite a few skills and talents, but uh, I will be checking it out today. Definitely. I appreciate you. I appreciate you. I, look, I don't want to be too vain, but uh, I could talk all day. That's what we do. Hey, <laughs> I appreciate you. Thank you for the opportunity, man. I really appreciate it. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll be seeing you soon. All right. Yes, sir. All right. Thank you all for Definitely. watching. Y'all take care. All right. Take it easy, man. Thank you for watching Trying Success on the Old Fashioned Health Network. Good health inside and out. We out. Peace.